Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to theglamawards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell the guy that's crushing on you, your third wheel, and the king who did not remain king. And I repeat, tell everyone... And while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click Linktree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk and Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC. Visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Mr. Grumpy Pants got himself blindsided, so I guess it's safe to say that the king does not stay king. It's time to talk all things Survivor 45, Pelican Pete's Private Island, and joining me is someone who would never have a tamper tantrum when they don't get picked for an amazing reward. It's Baby Props himself, Zach Pfeiffer. Hello. Hello. Uh, how you doing, Michael? I'm great. Um, when was the last time? I mean, I know you're you're an adult now. Um, when was the last time you had a temper tantrum? Oh, the last time I had a temper tantrum. Um, ah, that's a good question. Probably yeah. doing my service job at some point. If someone asked for like a lemon that's with their right. water, I probably like pouted and kicked and screamed. But, uh, you know, if my friends didn't choose me to go on a third wheel date, then I don't think that's particularly going to be the thing that sets me off. <laughs> no, you wouldn't throw the top of a pot across the beach at least not on camera <laughs> right right all it right we so, are so at pathetic. the penultimate <laughs> it was now we are at the penultimate episode of survivor 45 um i'm gonna ask you a very bold question right off the bat without the finale where would you rank this season in amongst the new era survivor seasons Ooh. okay okay um I have personally been thinking about this long and hard. And I do think it might be the product of it being freshest, closest in mind. Um, and last season was pretty spectacular, but I do think 45 is the best of the new era so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna stick to that. Even even if we I... have a wild winner. <laughs> and well, that's the thing. I, I think for me, uh, and for those who don't know, I'm part of your fantasy league, so I have put my predictions in. So I'm going to talk about them openly, so you can't say, "Yeah, but no, we're, we're, <laughs> I got, I got them in now." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to have a wild winner at the moment. My heart would like a wild winner to win. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to happen. I think strategy and character-wise, this is the best season. But my mm. heart sills with 44 because I love those characters so much. See, Give it time. Funny, things might yeah, change. I think so too. I would, I think that's, and, and, and things have been cleared up a little bit with Drew's exit interviews, but I do think the strategy this season has been something I have just kind of forgiven. I have found, mm-hmm. um, and mostly I think it's because a lot of my favorite 
characters and players this season have gone home because of a failure to split votes or to come up with a plan B or C. Um, so I don't think this is my favorite strategy season. Uh, but I do think it is overall the most like roller coaster fun ride of the season we've had so far. Yeah. Um, I think all the great seasons have a little bit of a lull in them. And I feel like the lull for the season was only like maybe a two episode stretch. Um, and That's I'll fair. take that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's go through this episode. Guess who's back in the house? Call her mother, Julie Blindside <laughs> of the Blindsiders and stayed. There is a bit of an awkward silence when they all get back and they all turned on her. But Julie played the idol also gave her. She says she doesn't blame them as they are all playing the game. I mean, that 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 is what you sign up for. Yeah, give me an idol and I will gladly keep it in my pocket until I play it. So screw your game over. <laughs> now, obviously, we know that Dee told Julie and they want to keep it a secret that they are working together. Have we just seen more of their interactions to know that they have been thick as thieves? Why wouldn't everyone already know that they're working together? That's a great question. I think that part of it is maybe like what they want everyone to, to hear mm -hmm. and see. Um, and I think that they're doing like, if this was like a, if this was a, like a theatrical performance, I would like rate their performances on like maybe high school theater okay, at the max. Cause I don't think Dee's particularly doing a good job. I think she's just trying to stay quiet and small and out of the limelight. And Julie's just kind of leaning into this like chaotic mother energy, but they've got to assume that the two of them are tight and i think the only reason mm -hmm. that they may not see that is drew and austin i think they really think they're running this this game i think they yeah. really think they're the the steven and uh, the the jt of the season so they really um didn't. yeah i don't know now you you I don't mentioned know why they the theatrics of it all and i have actually a couple theater related questions for you in a, in a moment but mentioning uh d and julie maybe a very mother-daughter situation are there any musical theater mother daughters you would compare them to are they uh maybe you're gonna cast them in gypsy light in the piazza yeah. there we go <laughs> gypsy was the first thing that popped to mind but then i thought of beetlejuice because ultimately sure. mama julie as mama is going to be dead in the water soon enough and mm -hmm. i think that she's going to be leaving d by herself so you know i think that their combination has been pretty strong so far i, I think that the edit has given us like kind of a, a misdirect because i think that it's been teetering between is she closer to d is she closer to austin and i think this episode just answered it for us she's definitely closer to d and i think she's using Austin a la a poverty move. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to give all our uh, theater friends um, a reference here. If you don't understand the reference, that's okay. You, you compared um, Julie to um, Mother Dietz. Um, perhaps she's got a Leslie Kritzer arc. So next she'll play the Lady of the Lake and ask whatever happened to her part. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, stretch, uh, stretch, people. <laughs> it works. Now they are both acting like they're pissed at each other and other acting comes from Julie when Jake asks her where she found the idol. That is indeed a long story because she didn't. It was Austin. Now, for him, this was an absolute disaster. It's the one thing that they didn't want to happen, but he held on to his amulet instead of playing it as his gut told him that Julie would vote for either Jake or Emily. Do you think that was the right move for him or do you think Julie should have blindsided Austin? Oh, 
Yeah, I was going back and forth on this a lot. There's a lot of discourse on, you know, Mother ruining her spot with the Reba 4. But I think her spot's already been ruined. I mean, they all just voted for you, Mama J. So I think getting rid of Austin would have been kind of doing D's dirty work for her. I think D was ready to do that, is still ready to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. She likes the attention, Mm -hmm. of course. Who wouldn't? He's really pretty without his shirt on. But, like, at the end of the day if you got rid of if you got rid of Austin I think D might have been a little perturbed but she and Julie would still be together where else is D gonna go Julie has now the move to be like I'm with D still or I'm with Jake and Katura and in in the grand scheme of things I think that Julie has much stronger relationship from what we've seen with Jake and Katura so even if D was like hey let's get mama Julie out Jake and Katura I think she's too late to that party. I think D would be dead man walking anyway, be her or Drew. So I think, you know, Mama Julie did something strong, I think, for D's game. I don't think it was the best thing for her game. Now, Austin will remind us that the final time he can play the amulet is final six. So he will be playing it. And the show just needs to remind us of that. Oh, a couple, a couple. D (laughs) D will tell us about her acting experience, about when Julie played the idol. Now you are classically trained thespian. Any pointers for D? Um, I think that is, she did a smart, if you, if you know, you can't do it, you know, stay quiet, stay calm, take the attention off you. Because Mm -hmm. if you're not a good performer, the best way to make that not good performance good is to have less people see it. (laughs) Um, So I think she was doing all the right things. And I think that her coming and leading with a sense of anxiety actually was a pretty good spot of being like, she's going to come for me. She's going to come for me. She's going to come for me. And I think that's probably what won over the boys the most. I also just don't think that like, if you're going to commit to the bit, commit to the bit, like don't leave camp, walk 10 feet and start giggling because you think it's so silly. Like girl, a hundred million dollars is on the line. Um, So I think she's hitting all the marks. I just think a commitment to the, to the bit would uh, steal the deal. (laughs) Let's watch more acting as Austin and Dee will go for a long walk on the beach as he will ask how Julie found out. And Dee will act again saying that she swears on her mother. She didn't tell her anything. And Austin believed it. He didn't he did believe it. Dee will be pretending she's in trouble and tells Austin that she thinks Julie will be coming after her. She won't. We know. And Austin agrees that it might happen. But this boy is hoodwinked and very whipped. Yeah. Very much so. And we see his like backstory, like Alexander uh, later in this episode, which is just like, that's a sure, or that's a backstory. Um, so sure. if Austin did grow up as like a nerdy little like outcast and then has beautiful D giving him all this tension, yes, who wouldn't do anything she says? So I want to say time for Beauty know, and the Geek to come back to TV. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Poor Austin. Poor, poor Austin. (laughs) Austin will explain that this was the best case scenario for them as Julie has all eyes on her and Drew has has the final three with them. And oh boy, this kid is having a reading problem. It is not fundamental for him. He is not able to read this room or the situation. Austin's new mission is to ensure that everyone knows that Dee didn't tell Julie. It's the hill he will die on. He's going to do all the work for her. Yeah. It's pretty impressive on Dee's part. I've been saying this for a while. If Dee's able to secure this season, I think she will go down as not only like a really good winner, but one of the most dominant winners we've had. Um, 
let alone like one of the most dominant female winners that we've had, mm-hmm. maybe since like Sarah Lucina. So I think that if she does pull this off, I've been calling her like the love child of Parvati and Tony. And I think that's exactly where she should she should find herself. Fingers crossed. Ready for Traitor Season 3. Oh, please. Please. Drew will sit with his friend Dean Austin, who has yet to talk to Julie. When Dean tells him that Julie will be coming after her, he's like, did you tell her? No, of course not. No. Drew tells us that no one from his tribe will be winning any Oscars as there are some bad actors. They had to do all, all they had to do was lie to Julie for one vote and they all failed. So Austin will claim Julie is smart and a very good social player. And Dee says she's underestimated and still has no idea how she's selling it to these two boys. Um, I'm going to say it's dark out. They can't see her face in the, except for the moonlight glow. That's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Now, Dee didn't think she was a good actress, says she doesn't lie in her day-to-day life, but out there it is a game and lying is almost just as important as finding an idol and keeping it to yourself. A thing a lot of people this season could not do. Oh, yeah. Would you lie in a game for a million dollars? Um, Is the sky blue? <laughs> there like, it is. Yeah. Now, Austin is really doubling down that this is his final three. They have two more chances to knock out Julie. Now, Julie will join in on the fun as either she trips or is Mrs. Robinson Drew as she jumps on him and says to the Reba Four, remember the good old days? At least she's in good spirits. I mean, you gotta. If you get if you get blindsided in that situation and then double down and protect yourself, like, I say, like, chaotic, like, whatever energy is the only way to go. Like, have fun. Yeah. Have fun. You have two days Absolutely. left on the island. Have fun. Drew says they're not friends right now. He wants her off just like he wants a sorority chick off of him as well. The girls have cooties. He doesn't like this. No. Drew will equate Julie to the guest who shows up uninvited to the party or the ex-girlfriend at the wedding. But at least they got the invites to the party. I am still waiting for my invites. Anyway, now alone, (laughs) Julie will tell us that she doesn't know if she could trust the Reba 4 again. She believes Drew blew it up, so it's game on. Get those opera glasses out because I can't wait to see how this turns out. Mm. Oh, we all can't. That's we've been waiting for the the Reba Four to finally implode since the Reba Four formed. Morning has come, and it's time to remind the kids who have forgotten that when an idol is played nine times out of ten, it's placed back in the game. And since Julie played mm-hmm. Austin's idol historically, it should be out in the jungle. So, who will lead us on her escapade for an idol hunt? It is Katora, but she has had bad luck at finding idols. And the way that I just wanted her to find one so fucking badly. I know, same, so bad. I just wanted her to have that little medallion in her pocket and waltz her way into the final three with this medallion. Nope. It's so early in Fiji that the camera is still serving us that morning black and white glow. With Couture on the hunt, Dee is like, who is missing? She can act and she can count as she found five in the bed because the little one said she's not there. She knows that Katora never wakes up that early because she is definitely out of hunting. What time do you anticipate this to be? I don't know what um, if they have daylight savings in in Fiji. I don't know what time it would be. Well, I would. Okay, so I know how I am. And they've been talking about this with like the sleep this season. Like they keep they don't really sleep. It's more of like a passive nap through the evening and they just wait for the sunlight to come out. So I assume it's probably like five or six in the morning, like very early dawn. Like it's one of those things where you slept for like three or four hours and you're like, well, I can either keep laying on this hard bamboo or find a lifeline that's going to save me and win me a million dollars. So 
That, that's true. I would go searching. <laughs> now, she thinks Katora is scared, so Dean and Austin are on a mission to catch Katora in the act. Katora needs to add to her resume, and if she gets to the final three, she may not have a compelling speech without a big move. She needs to show she has an evolution in the game and hasn't been a passive player. The music swells, and Katora has found Austin. It was a jump scare. Oh, <sighs> Their small the second time this happened this season. Right? Yeah. Katora will cut to the chase and say that because Julie's idol was played, she thinks something was replanted and will pitch it to him that it's dangerous if Julie finds it. Very good way to cover your ass. Not believable, but she's not winning an Oscar, but she made a good quick improv moment. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of what you have to do. I think, okay, let's face it. At this point in Survivor, if you aren't looking for an idol after it's played, then like, what are you doing? I think, especially at final six, when you know that there's only potentially one or two more times you can play this idol, um, I would get moving. I would go find that idol. Uh, because I think Katora's right. If it's in anyone else's pocket, like that's not good for your game. Like it takes one vote to be idled out. And if you get idled out at final six or final five, I would be upset to say the least. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Austin will tell her to keep it low, not to alert Julie, but Julie is up. She couldn't sleep. Um, if anyone has any pointers, I can't sleep either. So you talked about the passive nap. That's basically my life on a daily basis. And I, I will I will clock this from the drop your buff boys, but they did clock what I clocked watching the episode. And the way Mama Julie rises from her slumber is nothing short of like Dracula rising out of his coffin. She's literally horizontal and just goes and she's mm-hmm. up. And I thought it was camp at its finest. Mama Julie, come back for another season, please. <laughs> She says the previous vote showed that this is not Kumaya. Let's get to the end with friends. No, no, no. It is who I want to take out and who I can't beat at the end. She doesn't think the read before can be possible anymore. And even though it would be nice, with Drew and Julie offer a talk, Katora, Jake, D, and Austin agree to agree that Julie cannot win. Now, Julie will call out Drew in this very maternal way. And I live for her tone here. She says to him when they were like 100% Final Four Reba, she meant it. And Drew's like, oh, yeah, I'm still good with that. Yeah, okay, backtrack, Mr. Free. That's not true. (laughs) Now, Drew's going to mansplain to Julie that he thinks there are many routes forward, and most of them start with voting out Jake. Mm. Now, pause for a Mm. second. Mm. Why is it always Jake and not Katora? Listen here, I have no idea because honestly, for at least, for, I mean, it's it's so hard with the edits of like what they're seeing, what we're seeing. But sure. for me, for me, Katura is the more strategic threat. Like Absolutely. she is coming up with the same ideas that Jake's are have is having, but is letting Jake vocalize them and put them out there. And if I were to play the game, that's exactly the type of shield I would want. So sitting at if I were Jake and Katura sitting at the final tribal council. It doesn't really matter in the third one. If I was Katura, I could, I would be pretty confident. I could be out talk Jake in any Absolutely. sense of the form. Just starting with the fact that it's like you're a cute little baby lawyer. Let me talk about how a grown ass lawyer does it. <laughs> Here I am. Who is not the age I told everybody I was. I love that too. She's <laughs> been playing from the beginning. It's just been she has been. so covert that I don't think people have been clocking it. So if she does make it at the end, I just really want Katura to to talk her way into a good position because I think she can Absolutely. do it. 
Now, Drew will chuckle for a second, and Julia's like, well, my insecurity is telling me I don't want to be an idiot. That's for you to do, Bozo. That's your job this episode. She will now straight up tell Drew that she doesn't know how to build their trust back. She wants to and thinks there should be Reba in the end. Now, Drew will be such a brave soul telling us that after he stomached and swallowed the rage of the blown-up plan, his first play is to coddle Julie, but states that realistically... Well, to him, King Drew, she is not on. She is on an island alone, and she is the perennial outsider now and for the rest of the game. Okay, okay. Yeah, Drew. Okay. Drew will tell Julie that Reba Four is going on a reunion tour. The band is getting back together. But please note, as I've said many times when we talk about body language, he will not look her in the eye when he says this. How yeah. important is it for future players to really analyze body language? And know what the calls for body language are before you go out there. Yeah, it's literally your autonomy in the game. Like, people will tell you literally everything and anything. Lying is a part of the game. But what you, some people just simply cannot do is is control their body and control what they're actually feeling and thinking. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing about that conversation that felt honest, considering Drew was 90 degrees away from Julie looking out at the ocean being like, yeah, we're fine. We're uh, we're fine. We're fine. And Julie just staring straight at him, being like, "I can I can read you like a book, like climbing like a tree." Um, and you're gonna go home. <laughs> Julie knows it's lies. She knows that Drew organized the blind side against her. Now wants to work with her. Well, she knows he's feeding her what he thinks she will believe. So now there is only one person she trusts. One hundred percent, it's D. She will take D off for a walk. She doesn't think that people are onto her and D being so close and working together, but they need the numbers. They will start their walk and D just can't control herself. She's about <laughs> to burst out laughing. She says, when you orchestrate such a big blind side, you cannot tell anyone because if she tells Austin, she is risking a million dollars, which is the confessional for the episode. Mm -hmm. Precursor. Yes, it is, D. She relays to Julie that she was asked if she told her and she lied about it through her acting prowess. Dee is going to swear on everybody, her parents, her dogs, and they will all still be alive when she wins the million dollars. Now, I got to say, 45 seasons of this show, that's what I would do, too. I would swear upon everything and anything. It doesn't hit me like that. For me, those are words. But we've seen many all. players where that is the deal breaker. If you swear on something and you take it back, oh, oh my yeah. God. You, I mean, gone. you go back to All Stars, the first All Star season with uh with Lex and Rob, mm -hmm. like ruined their friendship. And and LRGs that I've played, I've I've said people swear on things where like for them it doesn't matter, for someone else it really does matter, and it really affects the real life relationship because they just had different the weights of morality, I guess, in the game. But it's a game of deception. So what is your form of deception then? <laughs> like exactly, uh, wake up, everybody. Julie knows Drew wants her out, and Dee confirms that Drew is the master and has had her name prior in his mouth. Dee claims that Austin is playing into Drew, but we know that's not entirely true. Is that her heart believing it to be true? That's a good question. And I think that production is letting us believe that Dee and Austin are much more infatuated than they actually are. That's what I think right now. I think D and Austin get along. I think Austin is probably falling for D. And I think D is doing what D probably does best. And that's why I think she's a mini parv is that she's just like letting, 
let the attention wash over her, which feels good. Holding Austin's hands when she needs to, but we'll probably go back to her boyfriend in Miami when she wins a million dollars. Julie will tell Dee this now, and it will be a big thing of the episode. Dee cannot tell Austin. She knows she, that, but does she really know it? We're going to see. Julie and Dee agree that Drew has to go. He is good at talking at Tribal, and Julie will tell us what happened. Drew happened. All right, we got our first challenge. It is a reward challenge. This one looks like fun. Yeah, mostly. a new one. So fun. For this challenge, they will race in from the ocean until they get a barrel where they will stand on the barrel using ropes to guide them through a course as they collect three keys. Once they have all three keys, they will unlock and solve a survivor slide puzzle. First to finish wins reward. And Sierra Don Thomas is like, I would have won. <laughs> she would have, maybe. Uh, have you ever done any barrel racing? I cannot say I have. Looks fun though. Yeah, neither looks have I. like yeah. would be a good time. Also, I've noticed something. It's really funny that Survivor US is like, this is our first, this is a brand new, brand new challenge, brand new challenge. Um, when you go back to watch Survivor UK, I don't know if they had a similar like production collaborative meeting, but like, you know, a couple of weeks before this episode, there were barrels in the UK. They had a little barrel moment. Um, and they've, they you see a little like this going to here. I'm just wondering if they're sharing ideas and just not acknowledging it. <laughs> As someone who watches all of the drag race franchises, it happens. There's communication between all of them. They have to. As they should. They, it's it's like how you grow. It's like, oh, you guys did that? Fantastic. We're going to do this. They will be playing for a picnic and that spread was it. I wanted it. It got me very hungry. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Now they're not going to be playing for it. Exactly. They're not going to be playing for it back at camp. They will be sent to a beautiful sand pit in the middle of the ocean. Just them, food, and waves. And how are they getting there? By helicopter. (laughs) How would you do in this challenge? Um, I'd be good. I, I don't necessarily think. Well, the new era has told us that rewards rarely have any advantage power at them other Mm -hmm. than the strat and the isolation there aren't like idols or advantages hidden at these rewards anymore um or at least we've seen there hasn't been anything at the sanctuary there's nothing at these things so as fun and cool as it would be to have this picnic on this like sandbar in a helicopter that'd be cool I would kind of be f- more focused on maybe trying to find the idol that was just used back at camp. Like I would want right. to be searching for that. So great if I win. Don't think I would give a hundred percent on it. The challenge is on. The race is on. Walk or swim. How do you start it off? Okay, swim. Come on, come on. Oh, if you can swim, you swim. It's faster. Come on. Austin heads to the barrel first with Drew right behind. They all get to the ropes course, and that did not look too fun. I mean, you got to have a lot of upper body strength and a little coordination to make that one work. Yeah. I will say that this was one of the first times I've like actually seen them not hide a mic pack visibility during a challenge. Like Austin's was just flapping in the wind behind him. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We are told that if they fall off the barrel, they have to go back. Uh, so does that mean slow and steady wins the race? Um, if you can do it, <laughs> I mean, so what's interesting about this challenge is y- there is a version of this challenge where they do not have the ropes to hold them up, where they just right. 
walk the barrel across because I think that anyone's capable of doing that. It, it's more balance, but and less upper body strength, but I don't know. Um, in the UK, someone was able to just kind of barrel roll right on through. Um, so I think that like, if you have the skills fast and quick is the way to go. But for everyone who's just approaching a barrel for the first time, slow and steady probably is the best way. So you don't fall off. Did height play a factor in this challenge? Yeah, I was looking at D versus Drew, and it's like D's just like reaching while Drew is like, like I think that it's yeah, it's shoulder strength, bicep, like there's a lot of muscle groups that change because of the height. So definitely think that the taller guys had the advantage in this challenge. Austin will take the lead, get his first two keys. Drew will be on his tail. Austin gets to the puzzle first. It's time to slide that puzzle to victory. What is the secret to a slide puzzle? I was think okay slide puzzles in general i'm pretty good at it's a matter of like time taking tiny pockets and figuring out how to get those pockets complete before moving on the whole thing so uh, numerical or image ones i i can i can kill um this one's a little bit trickier because it's not so much about an image but it's about the spatial awareness mm -hmm. of the shapes so uh, what's tricky about this is Probably, I'm probably going to be creating one myself just have a paper so I can figure out how to do it because I would love to. Um, I think it has to do with the fact that there's L shapes and there's a giant square. So you have to kind of like pile those L's in a certain way to yeah. sneak that square in. Um, but of course, I wouldn't know until I put my hands on it. Um, I feel like it's probably more deceptive than it looks for sure. I did a I did a three D print of this one. I, I someone had it at a birthday party I went to, and I did it. I nice. did it pretty fast. It was this one. Okay. I also thought it was going to be hard. Uh, maybe whoever set it up before me had it in a way that made it a little easier, maybe a step or two ahead. But it it, it is pretty easy because you're right with the L's. You have to be able to have certain space around because uh, if you put one mess up, that centerpiece will make you have to start all over again. But I was also thinking about it. And with the square, it's not like any of these little pieces of the square are going to like rotate. So you, those four right. pieces are going to end there. So that's something they have to acknowledge exactly. as well. So it's you can't get it too mixed up. But also with slide puzzles, the trick I think a lot of people stumble with is like being afraid to mess up the solution because they are close enough when if you mess it up mm -hmm. and then reassemble, that's much more easy because... I don't know. Exactly. If you get stuck and you're like, these have to be here, then you're never going to be able to break the, the mold that you need to break. Well, time advantage will be on Austin's side. He wins reward and has a Yay. big decision. Who are you bringing? Joel, <laughs> um, they wanted to have a love fest alone, but Jeff's like, nope. Enjoy it with a third wheel. Now, Austin will say that he is picking this person as it's a personal and strategic, and when you are gone, the people you send back are not the ones talking to get him out for you to not pick them. So, Alliance, go babysit. Austin will shockingly pick Katora. Do you agree with his pick? Um, I mostly agree with his pick. I don't agree with his delivery and his rationale. Um, I think it's so funny nowadays when people are forced to bring someone along. They also feel like they're forced to give the rationale behind it um mm. and what he said was kind of infuriating if anything it really lowered his placing with mama julie because i don't think Absolutely. she likes the, the condescension there um i think katora would have been smart i think d may not have been the smartest move for austin 
uh, I probably would have chosen the outliers outside of my alliance. So maybe Jake and Katora would have been joining me because then I could have told my alliance that, well, we know they won't find the idol back at camp. Right. right. Seems to make sense to me. So. I got a little bit of a bone to pick. All that food Jeff showed us at the beginning of this challenge, how did that fit into that basket? I want the tea. No, I don't get it. I don't know. Unless it's like Mary Poppins, like endless bag. Right. Like, no. Or hanging from the bottom of the helicopter, like carrying it out. Maybe. With them. Now to the unhappy faces. Drew is going to take this moment to begin his grumpy pants tour as he whines about being used to being picked last growing up and the only time he was on reward was when he won no one picks him cry me a river tree man he knows that there are reasons for it but says there were reasons for it in middle school too yeah we boo (laughs) poor drewy now zach are, are 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 there any gripes that you're still holding on to from middle school that you just can't get over yeah you know i you know middle school was fun because i that was when i was like struggling with my sexuality trying to figure out who i was like entering what social lives were um so my biggest gripe with middle school was that i turned into kind of a little little dick in middle school i was just like not a really friendly person so you know i wasn't really picked on more or less of like being kind of an asshole so that's my big gripe i just i look at drew and you know i think drew is someone who did experience that as a child and going growing up may not have been the easiest for him. Um, but then he turned his like academics into like his like leading trait. I think he got into like an Ivy league school and that was the end of everything he needed to achieve. Like he had done it. He has achieved it. So once he's done that, I think he, we get that facile character coming out of being like proud, cocky, a little arrogant. And for him to be reminded that, that's like he's still maybe not first pick second pick third pick like i'm sure it 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 opened some wounds but like come on mom come on be be a big boy is he the least likable contestant of the season no sorry i have to say sean is my least likable least like i'm sorry sean was like i am mostly just because of like his failure to like own up to the situation at large. And at least Drew is giving an unabashed version of himself. This is as, as annoying as it is, it is entertainment. It's entertaining to me. And it makes me giggle. Like I felt the same way about Bruce is like his story arc this season was, you know, a lot of people had feelings about him, had uh, strong feelings about him, but ultimately like, Seeing this grown man play this game for a second time to live this dream, but also like find growth, find revelation. That's why I love Survivor. Um, To have someone like Sean who came out here, took a spot from a lot of other people in the community. um, I won't, you know, he, he got cast, he did it. But to like kind of bow out because of some silly little reason that didn't make sense to me. And ultimately to have him say he regrets his decision to this day, I think just is like, that's on you. And I don't really have much to support that. So no, Drew is annoying and and, uh, irritable, but like in all the fun survivor ways, like we need him to keep things interesting. Julie is asked about being the mom and says that she feels like she's being babysat back at camp and just got nothing for Jake. 
go back to camp. Nothing. You're not important to the storyline. Yeah. No. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> now Austin will get a confessional telling us that he knew the combination of Drew, Julie, and Jake was not going anywhere. They are at war with each other, but not winners at war. <laughs> no. 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 I think those are the three least likely to win the season at this point in my in mind. I would love a Mama Julie win. I think that'd be amazing. But the paths for those three to get there, well, especially Drew at this point, uh, are just That's think, non-existent. Yeah. Let's start with the positive, move on to the negative. Let's discuss the reward. We have a beautiful shot of the helicopter in flight. The triumphant music soars as our three excited travelers are about to embark on a once-in-a-lifetime picnic. Let's take a look inside the helicopter. Skatora sits on one side, D is in the middle, then Austin. And D is holding Austin's hand right in her crotch. Um, yeah, no more secrets. These two said, fuck it. We found love in a Fijian place. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, um, we went from zero to 60 here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'm just curious if maybe the last couple, the last vote really accelerated this because they're like, trust, mm-hmm. we trust each other. And like, um, trying to figure out if it's because they're close to the end of this game. I'm not sure. But also, just like a quick little sidebar, Chaos Cast talked about this in our interview recently, about how a big difference between the the 39 days and the 26 days is that she found that on most 39 days, you kind of break around the three-week mark. Around 21 to 24 days, you start losing it. You are emotionally physically uh spiritually just drained and that like leads people to make social mistakes game mistakes um lose focus on why they're out here and i think that's exactly what we're seeing with austin it's exactly what we're seeing with drew um and it's not what we're seeing with d and i and chaos cast says that this is what distinguishes those really great survivor players from the ones that fizzle out towards the end um so I see Mama Julie and Katura and Jake and Dee as just a stronger four survivor-wise than Austin and Drew, who seem to have like kind of left the game a little bit mentally. Would the kids down under agree with Chaos Cast's statement? They played for a long uh, time. Yeah, why not? Sure. <laughs> now the flyover is really there just to piss off Drew, which yeah, was the best thing in the world to watch. Yeah, thank you. Three thank losers. You I like to think, well, I like to think that production was like Drew just threw the pot, Drew just threw the pot lid, get the helicopter over here now. And, yeah. and we will force them to stand by the water. Like I felt like production was like, go see what the helicopter is. <laughs> right. Go stand by the water and wave. Friends, don't forget reality TV, but producers do things to make you do things as well. It has to happen. Drew's like, life is sure unfair. And Jake's like, we're on Survivor. They're not doing too bad. And that's the team. And Drew will counter that he spends an hour a day scraping crusty rice off a dirty pot as Jake tops it off with on Survivor. On Survivor. <laughs> God damn it, Drew. <laughs> I think there were a lot of people who were like, I want to slap him in the face and be like, just just, just open your eyes and look at your view for just a hot second. Remind yourself where you are. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't be mad scraping rice off a dirty pot in the middle of Fiji. Let's face it, it's probably annoying, but I would also have Jake's mentality being like, wow, I'm on Survivor. I only got two more days of this. I am almost done. Exactly. Mm. 
Katora, uh, well, she says they're all crazy blessed. She was excited for the reward, but then she saw Dee and Austin sitting closer together and she realized, I'm blessed to be a third wheel. Essentially my <laughs> life story. Katora will narrate the Lover's Lane story, which she is fine with as she is thinking about winning the million dollars. Let them keep their eye on each other. We will hit the sand pit and the way that they are just sitting mere feet away from the helicopter, they just had to get that into the shot at every moment possible. Oh, yeah. They spent Where a lot was of money the pilot the during this time? Did the pilot have their yeah, own this... picnic? <laughs> Other end of the sandbar. <laughs> Can yeah, you go yeah. into a boat 30 yards that way, <laughs> off screen? What are the three items that are essential for a perfect picnic? You need to have refreshments, whether like that is like Prosecco or lemonade mm. something refreshing so drink two you need something that is like a, a substantial little meal but that isn't like super heavy so like sandwiches perfect for a picnic and the third thing you need for essential picnic is you need a blanket you need to sit on something those are like the three yes. big ones and if you don't have that then like it's kind of you're it's not a, it's not really a picnic now, obviously, there are many, many places to choose in New York City for a, um, a homosexual picnic. Where is your go-to mm. during the summer? Uh, oh, during the summer. Then the best place is definitely like the Great Lawn and Prospect Park. Central Park is nice okay. and all. Oh. It's like cute, but like it's crowded with tons of people uh, always. Mm-hmm. And Prospect Park is just so nice. It's a little bit sunken, so you can't see any like the buildings. And you can actually forget that you're in the city for a little bit. So I love that. That's where that's you go. Yeah, I mean, again, the the Great Lawn and Central Park, that's just a grinder notification going off every five seconds. Mm-hmm. Sheep's Meadow. It's like gay beach. Katora says to Austin that she's happy she was chosen for the reward. She's happy for Dee, but she's like, yeah, duh, she was getting chosen as well. Dee tells us that Austin and her relationship is progressing and advises us that anytime a man tells you something, you should never believe them until they put actions behind their words. And Austin did that when he chose Dee for the reward. Truer words never spoken. (laughs) Now, we know that Austin is making Dee his number one in game and love. It wasn't a purely strategic move. Does that hurt Dee at all, putting a perceived target on her back? I think so. Um, I think Dee's a really smart player and she's done a really good job of pulling the strings from behind two or three players. But as soon as a showmance enters the equation, I think that that is kind of a death sentence. Like there's a reason why they haven't worked since Robin Amber. It was a solid two that dominated this game and then sat themselves in the final two with each other. Like it makes sense um, to not have one. And as soon as, and then look at last season with uh, Franny and uh, Matt, like, as soon as they could, like Matt was kicked. Or, and I think Franny would have been in the same situation had it been reversed. So I, and it doesn't just stop with like the romantic side of things. Like duos in general are really scary. So duos are scary, but one that has like irrational emotions attached are even scarier. And I would want to get rid of that as soon as possible. So if he's aware, I would mitigate that, try to find a way to, you know, hide that and then also use it to my advantage which i didn't think she does <laughs> i'll play a quick little game fuck mary yeah. kill mm. d austin matt franny or failure aka figgy taylor <laughs> oh god okay 
Um, definitely, definitely fuck D Austin. That's, I think it, um, mm, uh, let's say Mary, Franny and Matt, because I feel like they would be like pretty like wholesome and like probably enriching me. And then and fuck failure or uh, kill failure, I guess just, yeah, it is what it is. Poor Sorry, kids, y'all. poor kids. But good, good for Figgy getting back on our TVs. That was welcome. Yeah, I, I love seeing her on that. I wish she did better. Um, and also, yeah. like, I hope we see more returning faces for season two. That'd be really fun to see, like, little snippets, kind of all the traders. Is this Austin and D's official first date? Even though they had a chaperone. Yeah, like a nice 1950s date. You know, kind of at the soda yeah. bar. But instead of soda bar, it was like yeah, soda bar. I'm here for it. Yeah. Now, Dia Smitten blushing, and honestly, at this point in time, I mean, I I would feel the same as her if I found love in a Fijian place. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at all. Yeah, it'd be great. Let's get to more mushy lovey stuff. Austin tells us that D in the real world is someone he would never talk to, as she is so intimidating and awesome and so cool. And as you said, the past few years, he's been developing his own self confidence. Cue the kid picks. He used to be very nervous, anxious, and introverted. He was chubby, had abrasives, 12 years of bad acne. He has come so far, and coming out there has pushed him to a whole new level and made him more confident. Look what love and a game of deception can do to a person. It's magical. Do you think he's watching the show back and be like, well, there goes my positive fun edit. I'm now that guy. Probably. I mean, my first reaction to this was since like we had Katora's amazing story last week unfold even more than what we had when she first started sharing her story. And it's just like, what a beautiful person. Like, I want to hang out with you. I want to get to know you. Like, I respect you. And then we get something like Austin where it's not that I don't want to hang out with you and that I don't respect you. But like the editors of the show have made your backstory being like, well, I was nerdy and unpopular and unattractive before puberty. And then I went through puberty and now I'm really hot and now life is good. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's part of my issue. If I ever got the opportunity to go on the shore in this new era where I don't know what kind of backstory would propel my story in the game. And I'm, I'm worried that it would be something so baseline that people would be like, why is this even in here? Cause like, I am yeah. very blessed that I've had a very good life. Um, not a reality TV worthy life, if that makes sense. Well, I also, I mean, okay. That being said though, like, I don't think you necessarily need this like well crafted, tragic, high, low story that built to where you are to be a good winner of the show. Like, like what was poverty's backstory back in 16 like we love poverty because we loved her watching her interact with people on the show and that in itself is worthy of a winner edit i i honestly think that like unless it's like essential unless like i think katora's story was something that we we really wanted and needed to hear this season i think that was amazing i think carolyn's backstory in 44 was something that was beautiful and necessary to hear I don't think we need to do a dive on Austin or Xander's backstories. If literally the moral of that story is I used to be certain way and now I'm hot. And I think I, and and Jake's story, I think was really powerful too when he shared that, but also they have this tendency in survivor to be like, 
like I was point A and now I'm point B and now my story is complete. Like Jake's story was like, I used to be, I used to have an eating issue and now I have lost a lot of weight. And now that eating issue doesn't, doesn't affect me anymore. I'm cured. I am, this is, I'm a new person, which is like, where's the messiness and grayness of survivor telling us a story of like, Hey, I don't have my shit together. I'm still figuring my stuff out. And through that all, I'm still going to win this game. That's, that's the story I want to hear. All right. I'll do, I'll do that storyline. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. <laughs> All right. The music is somber. The losers are back at Dakawaka. What is the first thing that Drew says? Do you want to eat their rice and have dinner later? Now, I understand the other three went on a reward, but is there a unspoken rule that if you go on a food reward, you forego your rations for the day? Or is Drew literally stealing their food out of protest? I think both. Um, I think that like it might be an unspoken rule that... He's unspoken, <laughs> obviously. But I do think that if you're caught, you could cause some trouble. I mean, we saw that earlier with um Drew and Jake's food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe that's Drew's MO. Um, but I would do the same thing. I'm like, these motherfuckers just had sandwiches and crumpets and cookies and candy and galore, and they're probably gonna go poop their brains out when they get back anyway. We're gonna eat their scoop of rice like it's fine julie will tell jake and drew that she is sorry they didn't get picked as she seems fine as she states she would have been sick on a helicopter ride now drew's going to be braggadocious and shares that he got sick on a helicopter once so maybe it was fine you didn't share in an experience that you've already had so keep whining, keep whining. Okay. have you ever been on a helicopter no i haven't i don't think i have i think i'd remember that if i have no, I haven't. Isn't it crazy that two out of the six have already? Yeah, and also, like, what are the I, I listened to On Fire with Jeff Probst, and he was like, and this was the big reward of the season, a helicopter, a beach, and food. And I was like, okay, so they're going to ride a helicopter. You remember the days of yore when we had a yacht? I want the super yeah, yacht again. Yeah, a yacht with Cochrane hiding on it. I want a swimming hole with jellyfish. I want a cultural experience where I meet like locals and like get like their cuisine and learn how to dance and like learn a little bit about their life. Like I want that, but I guess Fiji is, that's what we need. Just resorts now. So can't really do that. Now Drew is not happy that he is the babysitter who has to babysit the two demon children, Jake and Julie, who are causing a ruckus. Mm -hmm. Drew wants to start the rice and just sit there and Julie offers to get peppers and Jake and they will stick together since she knows it's their job to watch her. At least she's in on the joke. Drew yeah. believes he has also taken the social heat for this as Julie distrusts him even more. And he couldn't even go look for idols. Boo, frickity, who? Welcome Says to who, Drew? Like, get your ass up and look. And then the get way that man and work. Exactly. The way he just tossed that pot, the top. Oh my God, what freaking baby. Now, Jake and Julia will go on their merry way and take this moment for their advantage. They both know they're part of the Sitting on Babies Club. Julie had a great alliance and she can't trust him now. The only thing to save her is an idol. Now, Jake is a fun babysitter and tells Julie that he won't tell her um, not to go look for an idol. So on their little pepper run, the idol hunt is on. 
Now, Jake is focusing on him and not babysitting a grown-ass woman. So they were looking for peppers under rocks. They were looking for peppers under the leaves and trees. <laughs> Have we ever found out before that there were peppers on the this Fijian island? That's literally what I was thinking. And my first thought was like, what a shitty lie. <laughs> like, right. hey guys, I'm going to go find some peppers in the forest. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, later on when they are working on the rice, you do see that there is some sort of something cut up. So she, there might have actually been peppers. I assume. <laughs> we are back at the rice baking of it all. And Jake is not thrilled that he's left with Drew and Julie as the people he wants to scheme with are on a helicopter. He's stuck with his next two targets. But in his head, the only way he can win this game is to do something flashy in front of the jury. And that will only happen if he has some firepower. So he is now alone on his idol hunt. He wants to ensure that he gets the immunity idol so it remains hidden. He will find something, and it will seem to be the base of a tree. And he mentions he looked around where Bruce found his beware advantage. Were they the same place? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I was sitting here being like... Survivor production. Yeah. Why are we being so lazy? Yeah. What the what the mm-hmm. what the actual fuck? <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. Is this now something for future contestants to keep going back to the same places? Well, I'm definitely going to. I mean, especially if I'm next to them as they find something, as someone finds something publicly. Yeah. I'm gonna go check there. And I think maybe that's part of what they were thinking was that like no one was with no well, one they were back. with Bruce, but I don't know. I think it was lazy. (laughs) Now, Jake has only discovered a clue to the hidden immunity idol. He will have to be stealthy and keep it a secret. The idol is located in a secret compartment in the bamboo of the tribe raft. So is it safe to say that there has always been a secret compartment and future players, should they always be looking for secret things and secret items that are there in front of their eyes from the beginning? Listen here. Jay Maya was on to something. When she walked on that beach, she said, there's a code on this flag. And she was right. And I think that what Survivor players going forward should be learning from this opportunity is, yes, like there are certain things that if in game mechanics that will be built into what you you are provided. So if production gives me anything, a raft, a bucket, a machete, um, some tarp or something, I will be looking and combing every inch of it because, yeah, I want to find a hidden compartment. There could be nothing in it, but it, maybe well, there will be one Speaking of hidden compartments, is it possible that maybe in their personal bags, there's like a little hideaway compartment, maybe like the picnic basket on the Squid Games? Perhaps. Perhaps. I just think that... You can have that one, today's, Jeffrey. Yeah, he can take it. I just think in today's game, like, you have... To, like literally anything that they give you anything you have to do like a once over on it because like all like we just there are very few like 100 percent certainties in survivor and in this game because there are so many variables but certainties are that like idols and advantages are from production and can only be from them like (laughs) so if something's given to us like there is a chance that there is something within or concealed or something there I mean, we may or may not have had something stitched into a buff at one point. Didn't make it to the air, so <laughs> never know. Sorry, Brando. 
Now, Jake strips to his underwear, so it seems like he is getting changed because that was his cover for the idol search. And because we have our 90 minutes, we're going to have more talk about undies. He tells us that it is fun to be in his underwear and tells us that he did a play before where he had to be in his underwear on stage in front of people. So he's not super concerned about searching for the idol in his undies. But like, also same, Jake. Like, also you've been on do an you island think... for twenty four days in your underwear. Do, <laughs> like... do you think he got an underwear deal after this moment? And if I ever got mm. on to play, do you think I can get Aussie Bum to sponsor me prior to the show? Yeah, but oh, you have to wear Aussie Bum out there. <laughs> it's good shit. It's good shit. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think the show was that he was in in college? I mean, obviously it wasn't hair because then we would know he would have been naked. But Ooh, what, what show do you question. think it would have been? That I was thinking about that. And I wish he dropped what it was, but like, could it have been like show? Rocky Horror? Because that seems basic. Rocky Horror could have been it. You could have had like a Spring Awakening moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that like it was something that did not require underwear <laughs> at all. So like Shakespeare <laughs> or like <laughs> or like uh, Cinderella. <laughs> like, Have you ever had to be in your undies for the sake of theater? Oh yes, yeah. Uh, we did Lord of the Flies in college, and not only was Ooh. I in pink uh, whitey tidy, well pink tidy whiteies, pinky tidies. Pinky tidies, uh, but like covered in mud, so homo mm-hmm. homo uh, homoerotic. It was. So great. you're you're ready for this show. You you've always oh, yeah. been playing Survivor. Well, since I took my first breath, been manipulating these motherfuckers left and right. <laughs> <laughs> now we have we will see this search for the idol, and we know that it was right in, in the front. How did that thing never fall off? Oh, I think it was. I mean, I I was like tracking Jake, and I think it was pretty snug in there. Like, not only was the 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 bit of bamboo kind of like a um, it felt like a uh, one of those like mailing container things that are yeah, like yeah. That, you know felt like that, but also there was like a cork deep in there, and I right. feel like that cork was the thing that was really holding it in because when he pulled it out, it was just like it was much more than I expected, and it was like a nice moment. Um, Let me ask so a crazy think- question. Oh, yeah. Is it possible that this was added on while they were away for a challenge? Yes, I think it is very possible, especially if. Yeah, for sure. I also think that there is a world where maybe. Yeah. Also, I'm just curious if like how much are they using the raft nowadays? Like how often are they fishing? Because we've seen very little. And usually when they go fishing, they just go right out into the water with fins and a uh in the harpoon the spear so i don't think they're actually voting too often anymore it's probably more like just stage decoration and heavy and cumbersome so who knows jake has found the hidden immunity idol it's now his crotch idol Mm -hmm. um it can be used until there are five left he would like to be innovative with it and wants to do more than just save him for another vote is that to mean perhaps maybe he might be blindsiding someone in the next episode? I don't know. Maybe saving himself for Katora and knocking out what my prediction is, is Austin at five. Yeah. So, yes, I agree. And I think if Jake was smart, he would pursue that avenue. Yes, there is a world where 
It could be mishandled. It is flubbed in the final five in the spotlight of most of everyone that's going to be voting on the winner. But I do think that Jake has positioned himself to make a pretty grand move at the expense of the Reba three now. Um, Albeit, albeit, every time Jake has come up with an elaborate plan this season, I mean, I'll say two, the both two times where he's been, we're going to go to rocks and then we're going to go again and go to rocks. And now we're doing this idle thing. and I want to make a big move off it. I think he's going to fumble it. And I think it's going to not send him home, but I don't think it's going to do what he wants it to do. Um, yeah, my prediction is he's going to end up being like, I'm going to save Katora with it. And the votes would not have been on Katora, would have been on him anyway, but it's still Austin who gets out. Agreed. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think so. Also, if Jake says he's a wolf in goat's clothing one more time, the sheep are getting pissed at their erasure. So... I am fully reading into this edit. And first of all, I heard that and was like, yeah, idiot. It's, it's, it's sheep and wolf or wolf and sheep's clothing. That's not the term. And I forgot we're watching survivor. And I was like, Oh, Jake's going to get third place this season. Yes. That's it. He will be the goat. He knows it too. He has been the goat. Yeah. So that's why he's like, I have to make a big move. That's why he's probably going to fumble it. I just think that the forecasting that production has given us as Jake to be this like, sweet likable funny bostonian who's gonna gonna just get goaded to the end is coming true <laughs> so yeah third place jake here we go it's time to get the, the immunity on the final six are here ready to play and jeff notes that there's more energy so he will ask jake to tell him what he would tell his buddies also please note that whatever acts Jeffrey Elizabeth Marie Rose McGowan probes did was more Brooklyn than Boston, but it was Macho Man, and we know that Jeff loves his Macho Man. He loves his Macho Man so very much. <laughs> well, Jake will tell them that it's no holds bad right now. It's every man and woman for themselves. He notes that two whole tribes have been eliminated, and six is a starting tribe, so they are cannibalizing themselves. Also, please note during his little idol search. It was not very heavy on the Boston accent, so I'm still convinced that he put, turns it on when he wants to. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's cute, though. For this I like challenge, it. They will put one foot on the end of a hinged babe. At the other end is a ball. Their goal is to keep the ball up there as long as they can. When the ball drops, they are out. Last person standing wins immunity. How would you do in this challenge? Oh my God, I don't know. And I love that there's a new endurance challenge that makes me be like, oh, fuck. Um, I think I would be actually not good at this. Uh, me my either. Balance, I, my balance is not I good. I have tendonitis in, my... in both my knees uh, from marching yeah, band. Good. So I think okay. that's my gripe from high school. Thanks, yeah, Survivor. Okay. Thanks, y'all. But it, it, it is one of those challenges that I love, mostly because it's pure will. Um, there is skill involved, but it's not based on, like, body mass or like being super like it, it, it it's an equalizer endurance challenge which i really really appreciate at this point in the game um yeah i i would fight for it but i don't think i could win this challenge sorry features i'm gonna ask you a bit of a controversial question because i know there's always a uh, discourse about it do mm-hmm. you like that in the later part of the game or just in general in the merge to be very endurance heavy or do you prefer multi-tiered challenges for immunity yeah i think it depends um i think that i will always be someone that i think the final four chal- 
challenge should be one of those massive get all these bags from these different things. Like there's like the tight walk, there's the maze there, you know, yeah. that I love that. Agreed. Um, I did love before final fire making the last ditch endurance challenges where whoever's hand on the water bottle, last one to leave wins. Like I love those as well. Final fire is a great alternative because I also do love final fire making when it comes to final five and final six. I think that with Final fire making being the new norm, and we haven't had a situation where we've had a long final four endurance challenge for a long time. I do think that we could a lot more of these going into it, whether it is something like what we had with the leg up or, um, you know, like those old challenges where they're on those like triangular, like floating platforms in the water mm -hmm. and trying to just balance. Like, I like those. I do think that they need to be cautious of not just relying on those. I do think that like people, okay, if, if you're going to be a puzzle threat and survivor, then let's like actually throw some puzzles at the end of the game that are not just for reward. Really? They've stopped doing that. I feel like they don't have the situation where it's like, do the short obstacle course and then solve this very difficult puzzle. Um, they haven't done that in a while. And the trope in survivor is that people good at puzzles should be kicked out first because they could run away with it at the end, which hasn't been the, the truth for a while so um i do like the endurance challenges i just think that at the last the last like three or four challenges have to diversify themselves and they have to accent different strengths and weaknesses while still trying to be an equalizer as much as possible and i get it's difficult to do that but you cannot have like a challenge that is just purely brute strength because i just don't think that's fair and I also don't think you can just like give them a puzzle because I don't think that's fair either. There has to be like that Great. middle ground. Now, because you've become one of my absolute favorite guests on the podcast because you're so brilliant. Uh, this is something that we discussed last week. I want to ask you this question and it kind of involves um, all of this. Last week in the edit, we had a moment um, where my girl Katora mentioned something about uh, Jeff, get rid of the final fire making challenge. And it was very interesting that they would keep that into the edit. Is there a universe? That's the twist and it's gone. <sighs> would be revelatory. I think that the community at large would be thrilled. I think the community would also revolt because the community will never be appeased. I think that Survivor in itself has become so much more meta in the last, in the new era, just self-referential, mm -hmm. this season particularly, referencing the auction, referencing uh, Amber and Rob, and now referencing like just fan opinions and like how they feel about things. Um, I don't think they're going to get rid of Final Fire. I think Final Fire will be here, but I am ready for survivor legends season 50 back to basics give me that season and go back to basics maybe have one idol and borneo here. can we do it in borneo please oh my god that would be amazing but it won't be they've already renewed it for fiji so we know they're going to be back there but um yeah i i see a world where that could become a variable because i played an lrg in october with the assumption that there was going to be some sort of like final fire making setup and I said, all I have to do is make it to final four and I will win. <laughs> I will win. Um, I was booted at final five. 
Uh, but then I would realize that my game was up anyway because I would have had to rely on a immunity streak because I got to final four and they had another challenge and then they had another vote and then they did final tribal council at three. So it does change your how you play the game. It, it changes how and when you go 100% and really fight for those immunities, when and how you build your game leading up to that. Because if that was the case, if I had thought about that beforehand and just like been smarter, then my social game would have been so much more. I was doing a really good social game too, but I would have been like fighting a little bit harder to keep the people I knew that would have taken me to final three with me rather than defeating the big baddies along the way. Cause that's what happened. I'll, I'll have to get you and Billy on the podcast together to, to, to discuss how it all happened. Oh, Billy, sweet Billy. I didn't vote for you, Billy. I swear <laughs> that flies out of me. That's the challenge is on. Uh, this didn't look fun for me. No, balls were moving right away. Jeff loves saying that. He, I know he has gotten away from all the sexual innuendos and the challenges, but when he gets to say it, he really loves doing it. Yeah, bring him back. We love we it. We learn that the end of the beam is the safest spot as there is a lip. Everyone is pretty steady, though. Austin is going to be very shaky before every he gets rock steady. This is a new challenge, and Julie will be the first casualty of this challenge. Jake drops. We are two minutes into the challenge where it is now Katora versus Drew versus Austin and Dean. Katora is the only one without an immunity win, and it will not happen on this day either. Her drop ball drops behind her and just floats into the ocean. Um, gone forever. Bye. It will be a second immunity win for Austin, D, or Drew. We will see D ask Austin how he feels, and he's like, eh. And D feels the way she felt minute one. Do you think she was trying to plant some seeds that maybe he would give it to her? Like he would throw it for the lady love if she requested it? So upon second watch, um, my belief is that he did give it to her for lady love. Mm -hmm. I think she, I think Austin did throw it. I, whether it was subconscious or conscious, I think that the pressure was off Austin. And he knew that as soon as Drew dropped, that Drew and Julie were probably the options. Him and D, it could go either way. They weren't going to target each other. They had each other's backs. So his drive to win was much less. And D, another just this is just another sample of their relationship as we get later into the episode. D is not stopping. Her focus is right here. She wants to yes. win. And that's what she's going to do. And Austin is going to let her. <laughs> so It's so wild to watch. Well, Drew is a weeble wobble. The ball will fall. Um, he will ultimately leave around the 12 minute mark. It's a lover, lover battle. D versus Austin. They've reached 21 minutes. And I was like, good for you two. I couldn't do that. They are going to give us some friendly banter. D is a statue. Austin is having some balance issues. D is convinced her ball won't drop. And she is right. Austin is out. D wins her second immunity. It's that magic toe. Mm -hmm. Second challenge. The second challenge. They mentioned that toe. I said, that's going to be... So we have 18 castaways, but we really have 19, and the 19th it's is true. D's it's big true. toe. Drew tells us he has a plan in place. He doesn't want to have to retool it. There's no editing. He doesn't take notes. Julie's existence is a reminder they failed and were beaten. It's not a reminder he wants around. He says he wants Julie to go, but the fall of King Drew is upon thee. Welcome to your kiss of death moment, Drew. Yay! Bye! Dee is feeling damn good winning and a guaranteed spot in the final five. She wants to go partying with a pretty necklace, but is feeling good going against these men and winning. 
she should be fair. She's going against Austin. She's being very generous to Jake and Drew. Mm-hmm. They're they're not challenged beasts, as one would say. No, I wouldn't say that at all. Austin <laughs> gets all flirty with Dee, telling her he's going to beat her next time. And I think he might have slightly fractured ego now, but he's just having a little bit of a brochachoism moment. Mm-hmm. Austin wanted to win, but says it's easier for him to lose to someone he cares about and is close to him both strategically and personally. Yeah, this kid's going to be embarrassed watching these scenes back in 10 years when he realizes that the former girl of his dreams, who's probably dating a celebrity now that she's a likely millionaire, he just let her have it as he was distracted by Cupid's arrow. Yeah, for sure. I (laughs) Poor Austin. Oh, I feel like they're just all playing into Dee's hands so easily. Austin is going all in, getting Julie out. They knocked out his idol, but he says this is the time to finish the job. So King Drew will tell the team that it's a sure thing in his book, and obviously that's where everyone's head is at, right? Wrong. Jake says that it is easy to put all the votes on Julie, but that doesn't help his resume. And please note, in confessional, he's talking in sin. The bravado is back. Jakey found his Mojo Dojo Caso house confidence. (laughs) It's back, yay! Jake says he and Julie don't have the best history, but her playing in desperation is the best thing for him. He tells her that he hasn't done much strategically in the game and asks what would it be if he's just dogpiling on her. He doesn't think it helps his game and asks if she is open to anything. She says yes. They will pull in Katora and blindside Drew. He claims that if anyone sticks next to Drew in final three, it's over. I don't think that's necessarily the best read on the situation as he is a tad unlikable, but alas... Jake thinks it's because Drew is one of the best speakers he's ever met. But really, don't be swayed by fancy big words. If you are like me, you're probably dumb and won't understand them. And hence, you won't resonate with what Drew has to say. Um, But again, I've gotten dumber in my older years. Same. Agreed. Julie knows this is her only play. She will go along with it. She tells us that she is really working with D, who is down for writing Drew's name, so instead of three, it would be four. She doesn't want Jake to know that. Why not? Oh, it's classic, classic endgame jury speech resume building. I think what is so funny about this vote was we knew Drew was going home. I think the, the mm-hmm. outlier was maybe Austin was going to play his, his amulet for Drew. don't think that was ever going to happen. Um, I think that, especially when you have, like, if you have six people left, you play an idol for someone else, there's someone else with an immediate necklace, that means four people could go home, that could be you, 25% chance is not cute. So I would, I, I just think it's, yeah, uh, I don't know, I think it's pretty obvious that you, they're all trying to get Drew out at this point, and I think what they're all doing is positioning themselves to take credit for this in a couple days. Um, and... Poor Jake, who is leading this vote, I think has the least amount of grounds to claim this vote. If anything, it's going to be D or Katura, but I think D's going to take it as usual. Let's talk about it. Jake wants to take ownership of every person who gets voted out of the game until the final tribal. He says he needs to be in absolute control. Jake tells Katora that if they go on Julie, where is the move for Jake and Katora? She agrees they need to be the bosses. So Katora is down and thinks she can get D. And while we already know that D is on board via Julie, Katora will actually have the right read. So let's go to solidify that bond. Jake feels like D would ruin 
it because if Drew plays an idol, they don't get a move. Jake will math and say that three votes on Drew is 50%. If Drew, D, and Austin put three votes on Julie, there is a tie. And he feels that if he gets them to be a tie, he thinks he can get D and Austin or one of them to flip on a revote. Obviously, oh, this is similar to the vote he tried to pull with Kayla. But once again, he's complicating shit for himself. Jake wants to ensure as well that D can't have this move and wants to be able to hold it over her at final three. And me thinks that will come up if my predictions are correct. Jake says some would say it's ludicrous to rely on Katora twice in a similar manner, but feels like their interests align, which to be fair, the situation is much different now than it was before. Yeah, for sure. Now, Jake says that he wants Couture to think this is her move, too, but says it's not, hence why he doesn't want to tell D. So to pull off the full blindside without a 50-50 split, Katora is the technical finisher of this move. While Julie is the magnet for D, without the two of them knowing that, can Katora take full credit as she would be the one to finish the execution of pulling D over? Yeah, so I think Final Tribal Council is has been billed as this place where the truths come to truth. They like come to the surface. The jury is there to clock it. The three are to hold testament and to be like, this is what happened. And now we can finally take ownership of who made what moves. I think Jake at the very beginning of the season said something very similar or something that I resonate with is that final tribal council is not about telling the truth. It's about forming your reality and your lies to everyone's reality. Um, Right. I gave advice to the new cast of Surfifer just a couple days ago via email that a lie is only a lie if you fail to change everyone else's reality to yours. Like you can make your lies become reality if people believe them. So in Final Tribal Council, yes, Katora uh, could claim ownership over this move and get everyone to agree with that. But so could D. So could Jake. So could Mama Julie. I think that what they need to do is be able to position something that resonates with the society that they've built this entire season and make sure that they lock that in. I think that this will be one of like the more pivotal moments and deciding factors for the jury. And I think that what Katura needs to do to Cecile to confirm this is to be to be the bridge and say, this vote wouldn't have happened without me. I confirmed it with Jake. I confirmed it with D, which was a solidifying vote. And Julie was along for the ride. I was the conduit that got everyone together. Um, similar argument, though, could be said with D, who could be like, well, me and Julie were going to vote Drew the entire time, and we just got you two to, to come along. So I think what Katora needs to do here is be like, I was the deciding vote. I was the one that prevented this from going to rocks. I was the one that was able to use the knowledge I had to make sure it landed on Drew um, and not somebody else. But yeah, I think that it's not about who's the most accurate, who actually made the moves. It's about moving perception and moving that reality into your sphere of reality. Let's go check in on D and Katora. One, two, three. Drew! Drew! Oh, the way the girl squealed saying a boy's name. It was like middle school when you reveal your crush. Only this time was for the boy they wanted to demolish. Yeah, so good. D knows that Drew needs to be a mastermind behind, was a mastermind behind a lot of the moves in the game. They know they can be very extremely smart and still make him believe it's Julie. D thinks that the fact that voting for Julie is a decoy showed that he, that she was still with them. What would be the fallout right now if she had not? If she 
put her vote on Emily, would she be in a good position? Um, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It's, I look at this right now and I'm, I, I, I don't know. I think that there is power in, in, in that division between Julie and Dee right now. I think there's power in building that up into making them seem like they're at odds, which ultimately going back to what we were just talking about, about Katora potentially taking ownership over this. I think then it goes to D because D's like, we were playing everyone. We were playing this. So I don't know. I think the, the, the Emily vote off is, could be monumental in final tribal council if explained correctly. Um, but I also see a world where it's kind of just like brushed over. You know, I, we'll find out soon. I know. Two days. Now, Dee is feeling she might be in a position where Austin might think she betrayed him. She says it's going to suck lying to Austin. Hmm, sound familiar to last week. So let's peep through the leaves to see Dee and Drew have a chat. Drew is trying to not get too excited that it's in their hands. He says up until now, everything has gone to plan. He believes he has controlled the merge and the only hiccup was Julie's idol play. He claims that there was con- he it was convenient to get Emily out of the way with no blood on his hands and feels if Julie went, he is heading into a cleaner final five than he would have if Julie had gone home. Is he trying to rewrite history? Yes. He's trying to make himself yeah. feel better. No way could yeah, Drew be yes. wrong. He couldn't be wrong. No, no you made a mistake voting. Drew- Emily going was bad. <laughs> Drew tells Dee that he thinks Julie will spike somebody's name and thinks it will be him. Well, he got one read right. He was correct there. He does think that Austin could play his amulet on him, which would be in a danger zone moment. Drew is still convinced that he is Austin's number one and not the girl he's gone lovesick for. So you can tell that Drew has never been one of those boys because he knows that that's not how an alpha male's mind works when you find love in a Fijian place. No, 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 no. Drew really does think Austin will save him if he's in danger, but will admit that it may be tremendously, he may be tremendous complacent on his part, but thinks they will go to the end together. Um, Was there a conversation really that he was like, you need to play it on me? Um, No. And this is from his interviews. (laughs) Uh, Drew didn't fight for him to use it. He like knew that he could have asked, but didn't think he needed to. And also was kind of letting that be Austin's decision. He didn't want his paranoia to like to come in. And honestly, based on his interviews, Drew had no idea they were going to blindside him. Like I thought it was pretty obvious, but he was blindsided insane. pretty strongly by that, which is insane to me. Austin says it feels like it's been too easy as on day two, he and Drew talked about working together and by day seven, they had a final two alliance. They knew how to take over the game and knock each person out at the merge. They have not had a breach of trust ever, and Austin thinks they could go down in history as one of the greatest duo in Survivor. Who is the greatest duo in Survivor history? Robin Amber. (laughs) Oh, there it is. There it is. Will Drew ever find his name in the history books for being a good duo? uh, I don't know. I don't think there is a good duo in Survivor. I think the best duos are the ones that are trying to cut each other's throats the entire game. (laughs) 
Well, he thinks he will. He will mention JT and Steven and Gervais mm. and Tyson. Who the fuck is Gervais? Gervais? Tree Man, how dare you <laughs> mispronounce the name of a legend icon star? Some fan you really are, Gervais. Really? Gervais? Yeah. It was sad to see. And I love that Like production was like keeping that in. <laughs> yeah. Just pieing yeah. More yeah. Pie they, didn't, they didn't give him any help there. No, no. Drew will continue giving us more kiss of death quotes as he visions himself in the final three. You are, in fact, counting your chickens before they hatch. It is not tangible. The follow Drew is best television I've had this season. Oh, so, good. so let's go see how the lovers who are sitting on the beach will play out this moment. Oh, God. Austin tells Dee that it sucks lying to Julie, but at the same time, it's part of the game. And Dee, in her mind, is like, yeah, don't I know it. Dee will not let Austin forget he lost, but through the cutesiness of it all, she is going back and forth whether to tell Austin about the plan. He trusted her by telling her about Julie as he didn't want to blindside her. She doesn't want to blindside him either, but knows there is a possibility that he might use the amulet on Drew and blindside Julie. It would be the same situation in reverse. Yeah. Now Austin says to Dee that after tonight they will have to have a heart-to-heart long hangout on the beach. Uh, Dee agrees as she knows it's going to be a much tougher one than he currently thinks it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a breakup? Can we see a breakup all in one season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm baking on it. Dee uh, says her morals are coming in the way but she said she can't let her emotions get in the way for her too. We will see Austin ask D who she is voting for. And the way that her eyes lit up and her head darted to him, she was even shocked. He asked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, this relationship is really interesting to me because I find that there, I, I do not discredit. Like they are probably infatuated with each other. I feel like there is a strong relationship growing. Um, all this being said, I think that at the core of it, D's head is very much more in the game than Austin's is at this point. And I think that the difficult decision isn't so much about deciding whether or whether to tell Austin or not. It's trying to figure out what she's going to say to him after the fact. Um, yeah. To tell or not to tell, that is the question. Exactly. And did she? Now, to us as viewers, we did not see D tell Austin. We obviously know what's about to happen. Let's see how the morals played out. Mm-hmm. We are at Tribal Council where our jury awaits the results of the immunity winner. Kendra and Kelly are happy for D. Also, please peep Emily, who did not dress up for her first night as a jury member. She looked well. Um, all I could say is where was RuPaul's 50-person glam squad to help the poor girl out? Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Um, did she not pack any fancy clothes because that was well um, like she said she was either going to be first boot or the winner so I do not think she really anticipated much time on the jury (laughs) we will start with the reward and Jeff will talk to Austin about a selection of who he was bringing did Austin get any kickback well Austin says a little bit but says that they went in front of them in the helicopter and it didn't hurt him but if they hated him now it wouldn't be surprised he says that people were respectful of the decision and I say roll the tape because that's not true no uh, Drew had a full meltdown Now, Julie jokes that Austin just wanted her to keep an eye on Drew and Jake and Mama's got the funnies she's got the jokes ready 
Now, Jeff is shocked that she's the mom and she got babysat. And she's like, her kids are turning on her. And Jake says they let Julie stay up late and eat her ice cream. I feel like babysitting mom uh, was also probably a decom movie that got scrapped at one point in the early 2000s. Yeah, not too late. I'll start writing the script. <laughs> sure, it'll be great. There it is. Who's going to star in it? Who do you want to be in it? Oh, Mama can be like Kate Blanchett. No, no, she's too serious. I would do like Julian Moore and then like she can okay. be babysat by her like cute Timothy Chalamet son. I was going to say maybe like, go a little um, funnier. I was going to give you um, Ellie Kemper. Oh, there we go. That's good. Oh, yeah. And then it would be like, it would be like Home Alone meets like Babysitter's Club meets like there it is yeah be great. come on hollywood we're giving you new shit there we go <laughs> katora says that they are trying to separate at best what is and what isn't a joke but it's not a joke they recognize this is a game and there will be tough moves that must be made but they also like each other and there she says the word love is thrown around now i as someone who is believing that word is very sacred i hope austin and d have not said that because you can't take that shit back no can't take it back. no no no, no. <laughs> drew says that the separation is difficult task and will be blunt that some people can do it and others can't he says it's a different degree for everybody and jeff wants to know which one is king drew he says that at first he was caught up in the relationships and now as he gets closer to the end he has a vision for a million dollar check <laughs> he goes on to say that they all have family and friends at home and a million dollars is going to mean the world in their lives so it brings you back to reality. So morals for him, eh, doesn't have them. Yeah, we know. <laughs> no one. He says that they that all respect lid across the beach it's like true. that. D says that they all respect each other and that they enjoy each other's company, but knows that they all are lying to one another. Cut over to Austin nodding his head. Poor guy has no idea he's about to be snowed by his girl. Yeah. Yeah. Are alliances locked in or are they lying as they are not locked in? And D says that they are not locked in. She says they are getting to the stage where they are thinking game versus personal relationship, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. None of this is computing to Austin. No. I think that Austin okay. Here's here's my here's my and I hope that this is clarified in the next episode. There's a world that D told Austin. There's definitely a world where D is like, this is where the votes are going. And then Austin says, okay, that's fine. I'm still voting Julie, just in case. And that is the world where he saves his jury vote with Drew. He saves his position of taking any ownership over this, giving it to D, but also like kind of giving D the hot spot for this. So there's a world, there's a world. Um, but there's also a world where this young man is infatuated with this really, really hot girl who's got a freakishly long, big toe and uh, will do anything she says. So I'm back and forth whether she actually told him or not, because the edit didn't tell us. I, I agree. I think we need a little bit of clarification on it. Yeah. Well, Drew says that maybe he's the country bumpkin and says there are people out there he is 100% honest with. Um, did he just insult all country bumpkins? Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Drew says that if he gets through tonight, he has a clear vision to the end. And Jeff's like, wow, that's a big statement. 
Julia's jealous as she is in a different spot. She is in the final six. She may not make the final five. She hopes she does. But if she lets her mind go to the final three, she might lose focus on getting there. And that's her mic drop because she just called out Drew's game completely. Yeah, for sure. Drew says that Survivor is like Limbo, not Purgatory, but the actual game with a sick. He says that the bar is at different heights for everybody at every vote. They obviously can tell that Julie is feeling the squeeze of the bar so low that she would have to get on her hands and knees to just see under it. Drew, that's not how the game works. If you're on your hands and knees, you're out. Yeah, also, like, telling another, like, the image of, like, saying another contestant must get on their hands and knees, like, it's, like, yeah. it feels inappropriate, it feels condescending, it feels everything we've come to expect from Drew at this point in the game. So, honestly, I expect nothing less coming out of his mouth yeah. at this point. <laughs> Julia's hoping that's not the case. And Jeff is like, Drew thinks it is. And Julia's like, I'm going to trust mode and throw out my own metaphor. She compares it to the first day of high school where you are hoping your middle school friends will be there for you. She is hopeful and says there are bigger threats than her and a better play out there. It's her plea. Look at all this talk about middle school and high school. Full circle for this episode. For real. Feels like everyone really had some stunted growth in those years that they're still trying (laughs) to get past. (laughs) Austin says that Drew is... Spot on. When you're worried, you can't think far ahead as you are just trying to survive the vote. And once you do, then things open up. He will give a moment to call out his girl as D. It's much easier for her in the end with safety. Jake is getting a chance to actually chat here where he says that in the game you have to fight and sympathize with Julie as he has been in her spot. He says that the game is in overdrive and they know three of them will be on the jury. Three of them will be in the final three. They just need to figure out how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. So Jeff wants to know if they all have their final three. And Dee says yes, but the final three they all have in mind may not play out like that. Be prepared for multiple options. And yep. Drew still didn't get it. Austin still didn't buy it. I think also, like, to their benefit, I know it seems like writing on a wall, but there's the world where it's just performance more acting from this episode of them being like oh they're just saying these things to you know we're at tribal council where performance is probably at its peak in this game like let them say what they will i know i can trust them i know we got this (laughs) okay it's time to vote jeff returns with the urn austin will play his amulet he does not want a souvenir (laughs) he will play it on himself by a vote of four to two Drew is blindsided. Yeah, baby. Julie, Katora, Jake, and D got votes for Drew as Drew and Austin voted for Julie. Let's talk about this vote and this amulet play. Mm. Did you think he was going to play it for Drew? Not for a single second. Um, He even like grandstanded for a second being like, listen here. Yada, yada, yada. Big move, big move. I have to play this. La, 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 la. And then just like, well, who are you going to play it for? And he's like, me. I. (laughs) If I was in that situation, first of all, I don't think I would have the cojones to do what Marianne did and sit on an idol when you know you can guarantee your spot a little bit further Mm -hmm. in the game. And I honestly don't think holding on to an idol is necessarily that big of a game move. It might have won Marianne her season, but I don't think that is worth it. 
Um, I would have been like, at this moment, as Austin, depending on where I am in the game, if I needed to make a bigger resume move or not, I would pull that amulet out and be like, Jay Maya and Kelly are not here because I wanted to guarantee my spot to the final five. That's what I'm doing right now. Jeff, if it's me, it's not going to be if the votes are on me, I'm safe. If they're not on me, I'm safe either way. I'm I'm making my spot to final five. Not what he said. <laughs> he said. So this is now the second about- time this episode you've mentioned Austin not being able to plea his case. Yeah, yeah. I don't think words are not good for him. No, no. I think that he's. I think it's easy for me as a viewer to look at someone like Austin, who his long hair, like very beautiful, like got those muscles, and be like, full grown man. That's a full full fledged human. Um, but there's clearly some development skills that still need to be brought into the equation. And maybe that's why we're getting this backstory about feeling awkward and uncomfortable and then stepping into this, like you've had a physical transformation, but maybe you still internalize this like awkward and like almost introvertive behavior because that's what this feels like to me. And at this point in the game, whether you feel that or not, you have to put it aside and kind of be like, Am I going to make the moves that are going to win me this? Or do I still need to be covert and hide? You can't play in the middle. And Drew's kind of, or Austin's just kind of fumbling in the middle here. And I think that's going to be to his detriment. Now, the way that D couldn't even look at Austin after this happened, uh, that hard to hard is going to be rough. And also Drew was pissed. He left the wor- the uh, main stage without an exit line. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry it's like listen i would be if my torch is not that close i mean anytime if i'm on the show it's not i will be devastated i've thought about it i've like contemplated it i've even probably like role played it in the mirror a couple times but like it would be hard for me one not to cry two not to yell at people and three not to just scream a bunch of profanities into the ether and just like pray that this was a nightmare that i'm that i haven't woken up from um one thing I will not do is have something as uniconic as just walking out being so sad that you can't give anybody anything. Come on. Like merch. Like you need merch. What the hell, guys? There's your merch. Yeah. Yeah. Like what what how what are you gonna sell that equates to that? Like D can sell. I mean, listen, socks I'm sure you can get shoes. away with uh selling your face on a pillow though. I'm sure if yeah, you wanted do to do that, you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that. Um, um though I'll, like Bring it back to Drag Race. You could be like Jan and have your face on a robe when you have um, that kind of face That's, when you're gagged. I'm a little bit more in that. Like, be like something <laughs> along the lines of like, I may not be perfect, but at least I'm blah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm not even going to answer this one because we all know what my opinion is here. What is Drew's legacy? True's legacy is uh, taking up our screen time at Tribal Council with a lot of references that whether we get them or we don't get them, we simply do not care. <laughs> Who would win in a metaphor off? Drew, um, Cochran, or, or Christian Hubicki? Christian. <laughs> yeah. At least he's yeah. brilliant smart. Yeah. Actually. Who won the week? Who won the best episode? Who was the star of the episode? Uh, D is the star of this episode for me, hands down. I, I think going through it, like D probably gets the praise here for me. 
Let's talk about the next two questions as one who's in danger girl and who after our 12 episodes wins the season. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw it out because okay. I officially put my predictions into your fantasy league. Here's what my prediction is going to be. Great. This is going to have a bit of a fallout. Austin is out at five. Okay. We've heard a lot of discussion about Katora not winning anything, not winning anything. She didn't win immunity. I think she wins number four. She takes Jake with her, forces Julie and D to go to fire. Julie is out. D goes to the final three with the three of them. Okay. D will win the season because now she has three votes automatically for her from her Reba four. The girls might give some votes over to Katora. I think there will be a single vote that goes over to Jake because Bruce is Bruce. I don't see him having to come to Jesus moment and be like, Katora got me and giving her the vote. Mm. Okay. I think Bruce might be one of our deciding votes of why Katora may not win and D will get it. Great. Okay. Um, that is exactly what I think and want to happen. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think that um, I think that Austin will be next. I think that's because uh, why? It'll either because she gets idled out by Jake, um, but more realistically, that will flop and D and company will turn on him. I think it might be spearheaded by D, which would be incredible. Um, I think that for the person to lose at final fire, um, I also think it probably is mama Julie. I think it would be, it would make sense for Jake or Petora to put those two at final fire together. Um, There is also a world, however, well, I'll get to my, this is what I think and want to happen. And then I'll go back quickly and go through what I, what based on history, what will happen. Um, and then I, similarly, I think Jake's our goat. I think that Katura will, I think get some votes and give D a run for her money. But I think D will, if she's in the final three, regardless of the combinations will win the season. However, based on new era and based on like everything that we've come to know in the last couple of seasons, um, it would be silly for me to put as much. I am putting this much stock in D. I think she's going to win. I really hope she wins. I would love for her to win the season. I also thought the same thing with Jesse. I also thought the same mm-hmm. thing with, um, uh, honestly, like once we got down to it in 43, I thought that like that cast was going to take it, you know, like there were all these permutations and things changed. So I honestly, if, Albeit the season hasn't been the most strategic. If everyone's playing a high level of survivor, then the people that they will target five and four should be D and Julie. Those two should be out next. I think that based on history, our fallen angels will be those two. And we'll be sitting with an Austin Katura Jake finale. And that situation, my winner would be Katura. That being said, I do think my once in the new era my hopes and dreams are going to align with what is going to happen and i do think d's gonna win mostly because one her edit has been i hate to read into the edits but her edits have been 
kind of lackluster at the beginning trickled in like nothing too negative but like she's just and then it's been ramping up a lot tail end of the game so it feels like a merge of like a meld between an erica win uh an erica gabler win meets like a marianne and the um and a jam jam win um i do think that austin would make sense for people to target at five and especially if d and julie stick together they know that they'll have to do something there um and for once they haven't foreshadowed who's going to do final fire this season who's going to fall to fire the only reference to fire that i've been seeing was there was like a jake and katura moment when they were practicing fire together so that in that situation and julie had fire this episode a little bit yes for sure fire so I think that it would be wild, wild to see a Julie D fire off. And I think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, now, it, yeah. looking at the jury votes, um, let's say we go tribal lines for, and, and I think you and I are agreeing, Jake, is out of it he's out of contention yeah, I don't think if you go by to. original tribal lines it would be three three for um d and katora yes you get two more votes from emily <sighs> caleb yeah so it could be a split it could if we had a is tie, there a universe just... in which it could be a tie <laughs> Ooh, I would, I would be so thrilled. <laughs> and Jake casts the final vote. Jake would vote for Katora. And he would give Jake, it to Katora. Yeah, I think so. So that's an, a version where I don't think that's going to happen. However, I do. The edit think, has not supported that at all. No, it would be amazing if it it did, but it didn't. I do think, you know, I'm a consistent motherfucker. I do think we're probably going to end with a seven one zero vote again. It's the new era. Why change things up if they work? Um, I do think that who's the vote for Katora? I'm gonna say Bruce, and I know you don't think he's gonna come to get, but I do think his story supports that. I think that is the world that justifies Katora's shitty arc of having Bruce sucks, Bruce sucks, Bruce sucks, Bruce sucks, get Bruce out right as Bruce, right before he gets out, has this come to life moment being like. Is this my perception? Is this my reality? Is this what people think I treat women like? I treat my daughter like this. Is that what the world sees me as? I think he's going to go into Ponderosa. Everyone's going to be like, yeah. And him and Kelly are going to talk and be like, yeah, this is what this is what I felt like. And Bruce is going to feel so mortified and so like, where have I come to? That his morality is going to make him vote for Keturah. Instead of a rational, is also is there also a universe when it comes to Ponderosa and the conversations that we are not privy to anymore? Is it actually for D's benefit to get rid of Austin so he can calm down Drew? Yes, because I think that in this world, Drew's going to be frustrated and be like, "I can't believe they blew up that spot." But also, and and as we saw, he he's been me 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 all episode. Because he's didn't get chosen for a reward challenge, he just got mm-hmm. voted off and left without saying a word. So where does his alliance go? You can't really track who that person votes for at this point. So I think having his number two and be like, "Hey, she blindsided both of us, and that's why she should win," is going to be all he needs to be like, "Yeah, well, if the person that voted me off doesn't lose, then they have to win because then I lost to the winner." You know. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So I think that that would equate to why Austin's got to go. I think also like she, if we follow Dee's track record, as soon as she like someone says her name, as soon as someone like wrongs her, rubs her the wrong way, they're gone. Kendra. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, Drew here. I mean, like we've had D on the right side of like every vote and driving all the votes and even more so like Mama Julie saying like, I don't want to do what I'm told every single vote. And then she does what she's told every single vote because of D. So I, I don't see a world in Ponderosa where D doesn't just overwhelmingly get these votes. Um, that being said, you know, it takes one cancer to make a bitter jury. So That's at this true. point, I'm, I'm trying to be not, I'm not, I'm trying not to count my chickens before they hatch, but this could be it. <laughs> I won a D win. Um, mostly because it would be probably one of the most, like I said earlier in this talk, like one of the most dominant wins that we've had of the new era, if not since Sarah in, in Game Changers um, and Tony and Kageyan. Um, and I guess Tony and Winners at War, but do we count Winners at War as a real season? Eh. So yeah, those are my predictions. They're, they're variables for sure, but D's winning, Katora's second, Jake's third. Um, Mama Julie will be our fallen angel of the season, and Austin will go at five, right where he belongs. Yeah, I think that's the, I think it's going to be. If it doesn't, at least we'll have good television. Yeah, and hey, that being said, I, that another reason why this season is so good is our final five are fantastic. I don't think there are any of these people to win would win that I would be like, oh, that sucks. It makes sense for all of them. If Jake wins, great, he pulled it off. If Katora wins, fantastic. Julie, great. D, fantastic. Austin, you had a lot of advantages and won some things and had a showman from the making. So yes, take your take your flowers. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm content. I'm just ready now for the ride that's coming. We will see. All right, Yay. where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Yes, start off with the most important, Venmo at Zach Pfeiffer. That's Z-A-C-H dash F-I-F-E-R. Would always love a little love there. Um, but uh, right now, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Zach Fife, uh, Z-A-C-H-F-I-F-E. Or you can find me at my LRG survivor page, uh, Sir Pfeiffer Adventures. Um, you can find me on uh, there. We are just finally cast our new season, uh, Sir Pfeiffer Cowboys versus the Aliens, which will be uh, filming in February. We'll be live streaming it so people can tune in for all the fun all weekend long. Uh, 14 players from across the country. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, and if you're interested in playing games yourself, um, closer to the East Coast, where a lot more of my people are, uh, we'll have a multi-day game, um, I think, towards the end of June this summer. As well as I'm hoping to sprinkle in one or two one-day games in Prospect Park. A uh, lot less of a commitment, fast-paced survivor game that should be really fun. Uh, yeah, that's me. You can find me. More more information, follow the Instagram. I'll update that all the time. Sounds like a blast. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thanks for having me again. I love to be here. <laughs>